Hi and welcome to this week's episode of Education Transformation, hosted by Lee and Kate Ridge. Lee, what's this episode about? Kate, this is a really interesting uh, discussion. So today we're joined by uh, Max and Pooja from Univoc. So Univoc, for those that don't know, is a education arm of UNESCO. And it's uh, focusing upon vocational education and training globally. So what's great about this conversation is that individuals can learn how to join the forum and contribute and, and learn from others globally. And it's a really interesting process. I'm a member um, and, you know, to read the perspectives and to relate to the perspectives of people in Canada versus the Middle East and the like is very interesting from my Australian perspective. And it also enables organisations to join and collaborate as well. Great. So it's a real global community around vocational education. It really is. That's why this conversation is so rewarding. So if people want to learn more about Univoc? Uh, they can go to univoc.unesco.org and gain a whole lot of information, resources and recordings of webinars and the like. Um, and it's certainly discussed in this conversation now. Great. Well, let's launch into the interview. You can learn more about Univoc by visiting univoc.unesco.org. Pooja is currently taking care of Univoc's private sector engagement program. She is creating a matching marketplace where companies and development agencies can collaborate with members of the Univoc network. She is a TIVA expert on loan from GIZ and has spent close to two decades promoting private sector investment and participation in TVET, skills development and workforce training. She has led advocacy and thought leadership initiatives on skills and TVET in South Asia, Europe, the UK and Australia. Max has been with UNESCO Univoc since its inauguration in 2002. He leads the knowledge management and IT team, which is responsible for the online communication and web services of the centre, among them the TVET Forum, which is likely one of the oldest communities on the internet with a history of more than 20 years. Another service for which he is responsible is the Univoc Country Profile Service, which has been relaunched recently. We thank both of our guests for their generosity of time, knowledge, skills and expertise in contributing to this week's podcast. So Max and Pooja, thank you so much for this opportunity to talk to you about this really important function of Univoc and, and uh, global sustainability. So thank you for, the, for your time for this discussion. Thank you for having us. It's great to have this opportunity to talk about our work. Great. So, Max, perhaps if I can start with you, um, what does the title Univox stand for? When was the organisation established? And perhaps you might want to discuss the purpose of the organisation. Sure. Um, yes, uh, we, we get this question a lot. What does Univox actually stand for? So it is not really an acronym where each letter stands for one uh, word, but it is a mix of... Um, well, UNESCO, education sector, and vocational. So UN, United Nations, education, and then vocational. That's how we get UNIVOC. Uh, the full and proper name of our institution is uh, the UNESCO UNIVOC International Center for Technical and Vocational Education and Training. Um, We're now based in Bonn, but the roots go back to the 1990s, really, 
It was then that uh, in so-called international project on technical and vocational education was initiated and with it a univoc network of institutions. Um, and uh, our center was then um, created based on a decision by the UNESCO General Conference uh, in 1999. And the center was actually inaugurated in 2002 in Bonn, uh, where we are now um, sitting on the UN campus along with uh, 20 or so other international UN organizations. Mm, mm, fantastic. Um, and so UNESCO Univoc has a quite a large dynamic TVET forum. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, it's great. I don't know when you joined, like a year ago or so, and you mm. announce um, the Education Transformation podcast there, which is great because I guess... Uh, um, that makes it known to listeners the world over. Um, so yes, the, the TVET forum is a forum, an open forum for, well, we keep it very open, TVET experts, educators, um, policymakers, researchers, what have you, anybody, anyone who's interested in topics related to skills education. Mm. And it's really open for... Uh, whatever people bring up, um, it can be announcements, uh, it can be discussions about certain topics that are of relevance to people, um, requests for information, uh, lots. It's really very open and um, there's no spamming in there mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah. um, it is closely monitored by us. Yeah. Um, and yes, the, the um, membership is truly global. We have people from um, more than 190 countries. That mm -hmm. No, it's fantastic. It's fantastic to be part of, actually. As you said, I'm, I'm a uh, member of the forum and uh, so interesting to, to read, you know, comments from Canada and then, you know, the Middle East and the like in response. And uh, it's really quite enriching, uh, I think, for everybody with regards to their professional practice. Yeah. What kind of resources does Univoc produce for our listening audience? Um, yes, resources is actually a good word uh, for it because we don't just publish classic publications. We're not a research institute, um, but instead we our aim is to pro provide resources for um, TVET people, TVET stakeholders of all kinds, uh, so uh, we've already talked about the TVET Forum, which is like this open communication space. Uh, but uh, for example, we also have country profiles, TVET country profiles. So you can go on our website, univoc.unesco.org, and access um, education profiles with a focus on TVET um, for uh, yeah, almost all countries. Uh, so you have... Um, an education diagram, you have some basic information about how TVET is organized in the country, who are the main actors, uh, key documents, and of course, statistics on TVET. Uh, another resource is uh, the TVETipedia glossary, where you can find definitions uh, that are uh, commonly used in, uh, in the era of TVET. Uh, we have a collection of promising and innovative practices in TVET. Uh, which are not really publications. They're just summaries, very short descriptions of the actual practices 
and uh, with links so you can then go and see usually the websites or, or other documents on the actual practices which have been selected based on their relevance to, for example, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development or because they're well aligned with our main themes. And then we have um, guides and manuals. Um, so, for example, we have a Greening TVET guide that was published a couple of years ago for institutions that say we want to become greener. How do we go about? Uh, where do we start? And that guide can help them. There's another guide uh, which has been published only uh, end of last year, I think, on entrepreneurial learning for TVET institutions. Um, then there's a framework we've published, a framework for innovation in TVET institutions, um, which we've also applied with institutions to, um, to uh, see it in action. And then there's um, collaborative research um, that we do with our Univoc Network members. Maybe Pooja, you want to say more about that? Yeah, actually, this is the key point, which also is a differentiator of the Univoc Network, because it's not just UNESCO, Univoc, uh, developing these resources and sharing with the members. It's also very mutual. We have a very, very strong global network number of these institutions are national bodies they are the key decision makers in their countries and this forum and this uh, platform is an opportunity for these institutions to also engage with partners in other countries to get feedback to get uh, you know a little bit more insight on for foreign institution for example in Botswana to get an insight on what's happening in uh, in, in UAE or in, in Mexico. I think that's the uniqueness and that's the point that Max is also sharing that, that makes it so unique. Mm. Um, in addition to that, uh, what we also do as Univoc, we have some, many of these thematic areas where we work with and maybe we'll talk about it in a little while. And we contribute uh, to the network and to build the capacities of the network through peer learning, through advocacy. And as part of that as well, we create a lot of resources that are like your how-to guides or that are um, trend studies. There are conference papers. There are now, because of the digitalization, webinars, which are available and free to access for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, from experience, uh, I've used a number of those resources and uh, they're very constructive, high quality people should be encouraged to access that content and, and, and as you say, uh, become enriched from, from the sharing of, of knowledge and information globally. I'm glad to hear. Actually, there's also, I mean, a lot of UNESCO publications that are very relevant in the area, which, of course, you can also find through our website if they're linked to Tibet. Great. So perhaps the question is, you might be able to broaden my question here, but perhaps the question is how... Uh, should an individual, how can an individual or a adult education training organization join Univoc Forum or the network? Exactly. Your question already points to it. There's different uh, networks, uh, you may want to say. And mm. so for one, there's a, the TVET Forum we've talked about already. So mm. that's something that is open to anybody interested in TVET. Uh, in participating in the discussions, etc. So you just go to the website, um, you click on the little um, 
um, login icon and you create an account and um, you can start immediately uh, reading and participating in the discussions and you can sign up for daily digest which allows you to um, get a summary of the discussions of the previous day uh, so you don't have to log in every time to to see what's going on but instead you can just um, yeah um, participate by reading emails and whenever you find something where you think, oh, I have something to share or this is interesting, I want to um, share my view or want to ask another question, you just jump in and, well, like like forums work, mm, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's fascinating how um, people can inspire each other regardless of where they are, whether they're in, in, a, in a highly industrialized country or in a very rural setting. In the end, uh, we in Tibet we share a common language. We share um, uh, common challenges, and it, it's really inspiring. Uh, plus, we have the different perspectives of policymakers, researchers, practitioners, etc. Um, yes, and then the other um, angle of, or, or yeah, the the um, the other formal network we have is the Univoc network, which is a network of institutions. Um, So um, it comprises more than 220 entities from more than 140 countries. And uh, we have different types of members there. Uh, We have ministries, national bodies or authorities, research institutions, and training institutions, TVET schools. Um, so it's it's a quite varied mix, um, and we only have few members per country. So we do not aim to have as many, let's say, adult education training institutions from every country, uh, because that would be too much for us. It's it's not easy, I can tell you, to to manage a global network, sure. a multi language network. Um, so our aim is more to have few actors mm-hmm. who are able to then also act as a hub in in the country, in their region, yeah. um, and to communicate the message uh, locally again. What I might also want to say is that our focus is, I mean, we are not a resource-rich um, uh, organization. We don't have massive funds. We cannot mass- run massive programs. But we rather act as a as an international hub. We try to bring people together, institutions and mm-hmm. individuals, um, so that they can work and build on each other's expertise and and um, engage in knowledge sharing. Yeah, Puja, I'm sure you want to also say something on that. Max, you covered a lot of it already. The point I I was thinking when you were explaining this is that while we are a global network, we are keeping our eyes very much on the ground and the needs of the centers locally. And therefore, these regional centers that Max talked about, this regional collaboration is, is also very, very important for us because it's not one centralized Univoc center informing everybody on how things need to be done locally. I mean, it's so different, mm-hmm. even yes. just so complex yes. from, from country to country, even within country from uh, province to province, it, it changes. So, so our idea is to give some impulses uh, on what's happening internationally, 
-hmm. The idea is to give a space to adult educators, practitioners, and institutions they are part of to collaborate. I -hmm. think the word collaborate is is the key for me. Yep, yep, yep. And there's a lot of that going on. You're you're really facilitating a considerable uh, series of conversations um, concurrently, aren't you, across the world? Exactly. But and if you ask me, uh, is that all we can do? No, there is so much more we can put together. But then as Max says, there are resource limitations. There are also yes. things that we want our members to take initiatives for. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's going to be a, a key component moving forward too, no doubt. How do TIVA efforts support the achievement of the UNESCO Sustainable Development Goals? Education skills are central to the ambitious goals that are set out by Agenda 2030. There's no second after that. Yeah. And personally, I think that TVET and Skills for Life are the key to achieving progress in all 17 SDGs. Yes. Because mega trends are affecting everything. They are affecting from the way we live, to the way we work, to the way we engage with this planet, to the way we are going to engage with ourselves through sustainable consumption, sustainable production uh, in the years to come. Yeah. And in preparing these, the current and the future generation for this new work, new culture, and in educating everyone for the education for sustainable development, the role of TVET is vital. The global TVET effort has to uh, be central to achieving the Agenda 2030. Mm -hmm. There is a role for TVET teachers. There is a role for adult educators, counselors, career guidance experts, coaches, assessors that offer training at school, colleges, in company, online, at workplace. And in many countries where there are no such organized systems, there are systems of craftsperson who are maybe four or five students who they are training. Uh, and, 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 and that's the format in which uh, TVET is being uh, implemented or yeah. at a local factory or in a small shop. So yeah. if you yeah. ask me, TVET is everywhere. Yes. And, and it is central to achieving uh, the sustainable development. Well, I'm I'm so glad you said that because often, you know, when you when you raise that that talking point of the sustainable development goals, the seventeen goals, uh, you know, we'll focus upon the sustainable de- development goal of of four being about education. But but when I look at it, it, it TVET does underpin a, a lot of those goals. Um, so I'm I'm so glad you you um, really confirm my thinking. Uh, and, and that I'm not alone in that thinking. So that's uh, that's really important. Is that your perception? Definitely. I mean, and it, it's so true that TVET is in the centre of it all. I mean, mm. the learners of today are those who run the world tomorrow. So that's mm. really where um, it's, it's uh, yeah, there's what our, um, what Shamal uh, Majumdar used to say is TVET is the master key. Um, education is key to development and, and, and um, TVET is the master key to so many things. It, it's a nice saying. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'll, I'll lock that away. That's, that's going to be useful for the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you go about, obviously you've got so many, so many demands globally, how do you go about determining what themes, what strategies uh, and what areas to focus upon um, with, with the limited resources that you do have? Uh, yeah, good point. Um, well, as such, UNIVOC is part of UNESCO, of course. So our role is to strengthen TVET in UNESCO member states and connect them to the global goals. 
Um, and um, yeah, but it, it has to be um, demand oriented for sure. Um, so it is a consultative process how we come uh, to uh, decide on, on which areas to focus on. Uh, there are the sustainable development goals. Those are ultimately um, the goals that we all have to work together for. And from these goals, um, we, we have certain um, uh, results that we want to achieve. And, and then we have to see how we can link it to the local contexts. Of course, on a local, in, um, locally, uh, what you want to achieve is that people who get their education can also get to work, can, can lead a meaningful life, etc. And And that needs to fit together. So um, how we do it is... Uh, UNESCO develops a TVET strategy, which is always a six-year strategy with uh, um, kind of the overarching um, ideas. And then in UNIVOC, we um, boil it down to a three-year medium-term strategy. Yeah. I, I can give an example here. For example, the, 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 the latest medium-term strategy of UNIVOC started in 2021 and it goes on till 2023. Mm-hmm. But in 2020, when we were drafting this uh, document, uh, it was a very, very consultative process. We organized several formal, informal consultations with Univoc Network members, partners, participants of our TVET forum. We we heard what the members were discussing. Every day there is something new, that new topic that comes up. We spoke to our donors, our partners. Uh, We also looked at what we had already been doing through our thematic programs. We also looked at what new can be done, where where we are going. And and imagine at that time in 2020, COVID had just started. So the -hmm. thinking and and the planning was changing every every quarter, every every three months. And Mm -hmm. and that was the process we had to uh, consider. We had so many considerations to make. And I'll give you an example. And this is something that I am currently focused on at Univoc, the idea of engaging private sector came up during yes. uh, this consultative process. So traditionally, Univoc uh, engages private companies, but more from a research or a research collaboration or a, or a you know knowledge sharing purposes. But yeah. our members came forward and said that, yeah, we have uh, so many needs. We, we need digital support. We need support for digital content. We need um, more uh, support and training on blended learning. Uh, on, on We need content which is updated. So we went out to the private sector companies and we asked them, would you be interested to support our Univoc Network members? And many of them came forward and they volunteered. And what, what was just a simple idea from a few members has now become into a new experiment as a thematic area uh, within this MTS3, and so we are working with a number of companies and uh, partners to see if we can uh, strengthen the work that our centers are already doing, and we are trying to create a matching mechanism between uh, the private enterprises and uh, members of the Univoc network. Mm, fantastic! It's great to to hear that um, the sector is quite open to supporting um, the organisations in in need, in particular during COVID nineteen. Yeah, absolutely. See, digitalization, innovation, for example, these are very, very vast topics. Mm-hmm. But somewhere, what we are trying to do is trying to keep the network as the center and the core of our activities. 
trying to then tie up uh, resources, stakeholders, and ideas and knowledge around it, so that you know whatever we do ultimately benefits people who are engaging with us and as part of our network and as part of the TVET forum as well. Okay. So I might just ask you about the themes as well. So um, you've referred to the importance of the digital divide, which we'll talk about perhaps in a moment in some more detail. But there, are there other themes associated with, with Univoc? I'm sure there are that you're focusing in upon at the moment. Well, according to our current medium-term strategy, there are four themes that we have. Mm. And you can see them on the website easily uh, reflected as well. So one is Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, and TVET. Um, so how is TVET linked to those goals? Second is inclusion and access to education. Um, how can we ensure that everyone can access high quality skills training? Thirdly, there's digitalization um, and thinking about innovation and future of TVET. What, what can we do to prepare for the future? And uh, the fourth point is private sector engagement, uh, which which has already mentioned where she's the one who's responsible. Yeah, sure. What, what about in relation to perhaps the standardization of adult education best practice? Are you, I think you're working on, on something along those lines. Is that right? I think standardization is always a very complex issue mm-hmm. because it has a lot of local, national, as well as global connotations. Yes. So we as UNESCO Univoc, we don't prescribe any standards directly. But the good thing is that UNESCO, our parent, uh, is very active in many, many areas. And they are constantly working with member states to develop standards at a national or at a regional level. There are also some initiatives where globally they are uh, developing uh, standards So I'll give you an example, which is highly relevant right now, which is the ICT competency framework for teachers. It was developed way back, but to give a little bit of an idea or to the the national governments on what could a ICT competency for teachers look like. And then Univoc, through its effort, tried to look at uh, what could be the uh, relevance of this ICT competency framework for TVET teachers in schools, in, in, in colleges. So this is how we kind of try and use what is available outside and, um, you know, support the the member states, the the members and the the, the community as a whole. Mm, mm, Fantastic. Look, I I don't envy the the role of trying to... um, uh, it's it's a good it's a good approach, isn't it, to sort of uh, provide that support, but not necessarily proactively try and unify um, adult education systems, <laughs> because that, that could be quite challenging. <laughs> I think that is something that uh, is not the objective. The objective is to support and facilitate. Yes, yes, fantastic. All right, so let's take a quick look at um, recent recent history, and and we've. We've spoken about it, but let's have a uh, discussion about COVID-19 and the response that uh, UNESCO and UNIVOC have been able to support um, global practitioners around the world. Do you have some examples of that process occurring? Maybe I can kick off with a small instance. Uh, Max, if that's okay. Please do. 
I think COVID took us all by surprise. Mm. Right? Uh, I mean, it's 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 digitalization was not new. The discussion of innovation was not new. Uh, even before this, uh, Univoc, for example, was very active on uh, supporting digitalization. But COVID has leapfrogged us into uh, adopting and adapting our day-to-day teaching and learning practices uh, in, a, in a very different way. And, mm-hmm. and to that, I think the UNESCO response itself is worth mentioning here because in response to COVID-19, uh, UNESCO launched what is called the Global Education Coalition, where a number of partners uh, came forward and they, they pooled in resources and offered support to different uh, institutions and uh, partners, part of the UNESCO network. Yeah. And within that global education coalition, there is something called the Global Skills Academy, where uh, a number of these the prominent uh, co- uh, private companies are offering access to their uh, training programs, courses to continue this learning uh, for free. And this is a great opportunity that has emerged as a result of this uh, COVID disruption. Uh, at the level of Univoc, uh, we were also uh, very keen to create a little bit more uh, organized mechanism, and I'll, I'll invite Max to share about it. But we also did uh, implement something called the COVID Response Project, which was a special project supported by our, our partners, our donors uh, in the German ministry. and. They, they really gave us the space to address the most immediate needs in in, in many of our um, at, at many of our, of the institutions who are part of our network. Mm-hmm. Um, Puja, you mentioned um, leapfrogging, which is quite interesting. I think the COVID crisis, um, of course, there's so many challenges and and so many risks associated with it. Of course, being the digital divide being one of them, which is widening. Um, at the same time, there's a chance of leapfrogging, um, uh, of of improving systems in the face of these challenges. Um, in such a way that uh, you overcome certain, um, um, how do I put it? Uh, yeah, um, barriers that were there before. So, um, but but things we've identified are, of course, the shortage of good training materials online and that are openly accessible. Um, we are promoting um, open educational resources. And of course, there's a lot available, but um, you have to have internet access. You have to have um, the hardware. Um, you have to have the licenses, what have you. So there's a lot that needs to be done. Um, mm-hmm. And another very important point is, of course, even if you have good conditions, the teachers and trainers need to be able to use them to sure. um, to go into an online mode uh, to not feel th- um, to not fear that their students may be more advanced than they are using technology. Um, mm. So there are some some really uh, exciting challenges, and it was um, great to see how on the TVET forum we we could discuss about these topics. Um, I mean, the educators. Um, exchanging about how to deal with the situation, uh, exchanging um, training materials uh, sometimes, 
and thinking about how to how to ensure um, the quality of training under um, difficult circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're quite right. Yes, they can turn it into opportunities. But I know within Australia, um, most organisations, most training organisations have now gone digital, at least to some extent, um, with regards to delivery. Uh, that can, and I was speaking with some colleagues recently within higher education, and they had noticed that some of their uh, cohort members that they were teaching were actually then sitting in the car park to access the free Wi-Fi at the campus um, because they don't have internet access at home. So the equity issue with regards to digital technology and and delivering digitally in a way becomes amplified, does it not? Yes, uh, definitely. There are the two sides. Um, At the same time, uh, so much um, has happened uh, now mm. these days, I mean, um, the importance of internet access um, is one thing, and um, um, so the infrastructure um, is changing. I think. Well, yep. you talked about the example of Australia. In Germany, so many schools and educational institutions started. Um, um, implementing learning platforms, which they had yes. not been using before. I mean, everybody okay. knew it, 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 that it, it exists, it can be used in educational contexts, but they, they they didn't see a need before. And hmm. um, I am very sure that it won't be, okay, now at one point in time, COVID is over, um, so we don't need the learning platforms anymore. No, hmm. the, the contrary hmm. is true they see the possibilities and I can see it in the way my children will they're in general education at the moment, but um, I can see how uh, the thinking has changed. And in TVET, this is even more the case that you need to think, mm-hmm. how can we, can we do training under different circumstances? How can we use advanced technology and where of course are the barriers that need to be tackled? Um, even yeah. in Germany, we have a problem with uh, um, high speed, high uh, big bandwidth internet access. Um, yeah. Of course, in rural um, regions, uh, let's say in Africa, Asia, um, the the you have totally different challenges. But sure. there as well, um, there are reforms going on, and and we can see that um, many people. Compared to five years ago, um, many people all of a sudden can access new educational resources in different ways that they weren't able to to connect to before. Quite true. Yes, we're, we're certainly walking through history, aren't we? We are. You, did you wish to add anything at all? I think in all of this, the kudos goes to the teachers who have adapted very very quickly. Few years ago, when we were on all these panels and discussions, we would always hear, "Yeah, TV is something to do with the practical side of things. Mm-hmm. It makes yes. in person, face to face." But now it's happening online, and there have been so many innovative uh, teachers who have uh, started to deliver uh, training 
using a simple web camera and an internet connection and maybe Skype. And yeah. uh, they have been uh, fairly successful. The learning must never stop. That's the whole point. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, well, that's right. Uh, uh, there's been considerable learning on both sides of the desk, really, hasn't there, from the, both the faculty and also the students continuing their, their learning journey. So um, you're right. It's a credit to the faculty throughout the world. Yeah. yeah. How does uh, UNESCO and UNIVOC, how do, how do you engage members outside of the network? So one of, one of the things is that we don't want UNIVOC to be restrictive. We want it to be a well-managed, uh, inclusive uh, kind of a organization. So, as I said, we started working with a lot of uh, private sector uh, companies, development partners, and they are not members. They are not typically members of the Univoc network. Mm-hmm. But what they have uh, come forward and very generously is to give access to, for example, their learning platforms or to courses that are otherwise paid courses, or to platforms that can uh, really transform education um, uh, or or the system of how uh, training is being delivered at a school or a college. Uh, And and many of them have also come forward uh, to help develop modules, for example, in solar technology. Uh, So so these are all discussions right now, but uh, the challenge is to match. The challenge that we at Univoc have is first is to identify the needs of the members, then to identify relevant training offers, and then to match these two. And I think this is something where I, I invite uh, your listeners to reach out to us and to, to engage with us. Mm-hmm. And let us know if there are uh, other opportunities that we may not be aware of and if they would like to contribute to, to it. Of course, uh, we are a not-for-profit agency, so, so it's all pro bono. But, yeah. but, the, but the impact that Univoc through its network can have is really amazing and it's really widespread and global. Great. I will certainly publicise um, your uh, website at the end of this as well. To, to Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Yes, that would be fantastic. Max, did you want to add anything to that? Um, yeah. I mean, of course, while, we, um, uh, while the Univoc network as such is a closed network, uh, uh, we want to reach out way beyond. I mean, we use the network to reach out, basically. Um, let's take the example of uh, the BUILT project, which has, I think, started two years ago. Um, um, bridging innovation and learning in TVET is what BUILT stands for. And it's a big Univoc project where the idea was to, to look at uh, practices in Europe and to share them with institutions and and um, actors in Africa and Asia, and and to engage in bridging exercises. Mm-hmm. Similarly, we have a, for example, Tibet leadership program um, where we bring together Tibet leaders. In the past, it was um, a two-week program that was run physically in Bonn, so people from all over the world came to Bonn. A small group of people. 20 plus um, to work together and um, to learn together and to um, to initiate projects together as TVET leaders and then when after going back to their institutions to um, 
to do things differently, to to reform um, locally. And those Tibet, um, the, those Tibet leaders, the, the participants in these programs, are not exclusively from the Unvoc network, but um, uh, we have an open application process for those. One of our network members called PSSIV. It is uh, one of the key institutions responsible for teacher education and their curriculum and content. And uh, PSSIV, the director, for example, he was, uh, I think he participated in one of the Tibet leadership programs. And um, then there was a regional Tibet leadership program. It was also organized, uh, you know, a, a South Asian regional leadership program, which was organized, I think, in 2019, but with a focus on greening. And uh, one step led to the other. And I think uh, last month or a, or a few weeks ago, uh, this institution in India was awarded uh, the Green Leadership Award by the ETF, which is mm -hmm. one of uh, the key players when it comes to another key player when it comes to Tibet in, in Europe and in, in the world. So, mm -hmm. so, so that's the impact yeah. that yeah. that we are uh, seeing. And uh, this is just one example, but there are so many others. For example, in Latin America, we have a center called Duoc, and they have been very, very actively involved in many of our initiatives. We have a center in uh, Europe called Technica, and they have been involved uh, and leading rather uh, the, the initiative on uh, developing entrepreneurial learning skills. The idea yes. is to strengthen these centers so that they can do their work of um, yeah, improving, um, raising the profile of TVET locally and globally. Yeah. Yeah, so it really, it, it really is the the epitome of a network, isn't it? It really is quite proactive and rewarding to be part of. In these challenging times, we have we have the world that is in many ways pulling together to support one another, and then we also have both nations and also individuals. Some, unfortunately, looking at uh, the circumstances that we're in um, with a nationalistic approach. In that context, what would you say to individuals that are hesitant about the idea of the globalization of education? Well, I would say um, we live in a globalized world um, and we face common global challenges uh, which threaten individual well-being, peace, sustainability. And um, we can only address these challenges together. Um, so what we need to do is to empower learners of all ages to understand that these global challenges exist, that they're not only local challenges, but also global ones. We all have a role to play to address them. We all have to become active promoters of, and this is a quote, of more peaceful, tolerant, inclusive, secure, and sustainable societies. Um, yeah. This is a quote from um, UNESCO's Global Citizenship Education um, Program. Yeah. Um, um, yes, of course, education is always local in so many ways. You, of course, you deliver it in the local language. You deliver it for local conditions for people to to cope with. Um, I mean, to find local jobs. Um, but at the same time, we we cannot and must not ignore the global trends. Um, of course. We, yeah, we face the climate crisis and TVED, as we have said before, um, plays an extremely important role in addressing the related challenges. Mm -hmm. um, 
And if you look at the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, it is obvious that those who are being trained today shape tomorrow's world, um, locally and in some, uh, when you bring it together, uh, globally. We cannot address climate change if we don't all work together locally to address the global issues. So what we need is um, common global values, of course, and some of these require, I think, more local thinking. It, it may sound weird, but um, I think we also need to relocalize in certain aspects. Um, yeah. Maybe it is not a good idea to, to ship cer certain things all over the world, but we may need to also look at local resources again and value them more yes. uh, in many aspects. However, you cannot ignore that the future will most likely address um, other forms of mobility, sustainable mobility, um, mobility based on um, electricity. And you mm. cannot avoid that in the training of car engineers, even if you don't have those cars. Yet. At least sure. you have to sensitize them to the issue. Puja, yes. please add to this. I mean, in my personal view, in the context of TVED, as Max said, globalization and localization are two sides of the same coin. They don't, they, they exist together. And we are in a global marketplace. Let's be clear about it. And this is how the industry functions. And at least I look at TVET. One of the outcomes of TVET is to create a workforce mm -hmm. which is industry ready, which is job ready. So, so Max talked about the automobile sector. And uh, no one country can have all the talent that is required for uh, the transitions that are happening in the automobile sector. So companies will look at talent from all over the world. And, and the, the interesting thing that is happening now because of this uh, accelerated digitalization is companies are also looking at talent on demand, mm -hmm. which means the talent yeah. can come from anywhere at any time. And yep. it will be based yep. purely on the skills need. And companies don't need to hire and fire. Yep. They will build skills clusters. So there will be countries, and there are many interesting examples. For example, Armenia, they are uh, they are the uh, skill they are a skills cluster. Yeah. Finland has created a skills cluster. So there are sure. many countries that are already preparing for it. It is so hard uh, to uh, to create this global skills marketplace, but it it is something that we need to be mentally prepared for, especially now. Mm -hmm. Because of digitalization, I think it, I think it does have its place. Um, I can understand people, you know, having patriotism and like, uh, but I think global citizenship is, as you say, here to stay. Certainly within Australia, we have what's known as the labour mobility scheme, where we work very closely with Pacific nations and train them in TVET skills. And I've had the honour of being a part of that process. And then um, those individuals that graduate are often invited into Australia for visa working programs and they can earn an income and return it back to their, to their uh, families and alike where they set up microenterprise back in their home nations. And, and it really does benefit the Pacific and also Australia as well. So uh, the power of TVET is, is present 
and it's often linked globally nowadays. From from your joint experiences, what are some of the exciting opportunities that could enhance global TVET experiences for students into the future? There has never been a better moment in the history of education and TVET when skills are the the new superpower. And, uh, you know, more and more students are actually... uh, desirous of acquiring professional skills and certifications over uh, university qualifications. Mm. I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but the proof is in the pudding. Companies are hiring people for what they can do and how soon they can learn Mm. uh, to adapt to the changes. So that is where the exciting opportunity lies. Uh, yeah, there's so many uh, exciting uh, developments and, and technological innovations, other kinds of innovations, at the same time, so many challenges, of course. But if I think of, for example, uh, 3D printing, what can you do with it? Artificial intelligence. Uh, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there are the risks associated with these, of course. Um, how do you avoid there's, yeah, that the misuse? It's so important that... Uh, that everybody knows also has that the, the ethics part of it, the values part of education, yes. that, that those who who learn these technologies also learn about how to use them and, and how to use them to the best of society and, yeah. and not in the wrong ways. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. It's a very um, fast age, I might say. Uh, mm-hmm. An age of enormous risks, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. very challenging times, uh, and we all have a, an enormous responsibility. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, at a personal level, where do you, where do you both hope to see TVET in the next ten years? What what tangible changes would you love to see take place? So you know, um, uh, more women in non traditional TVET. Uh, roles and alike, or or what, what is it that you really look at and think? Oh, I, I'm really hoping during my career that I can see this transpire. Huh. You want to start, Pooja? <laughs> I wouldn't just say that I see women uh, or people from all genders to be part mm-hmm. of non-traditional yep. uh, TVET. I would rather say I yes. see it should be TVET for all. This is the moment that anybody who has skills, talent interest, passion, what they love doing. Mm. They have the opportunity and the chance to do it. I know it's a very tall statement to say the the realities are much, much more different, but there is a possibility now. And where I see TVET going is that TVET has to be linked more to sustainable development. It has to be linked to work-based learning and practice-based education. It has to become accessible, open, inclusive. Uh, We need the representation of all genders in TVET. Uh, TVET has to also become green. It has to become something that, uh, it's not something that is desirable. It is something that this is the way it is done. And I think skills have to become about a mastery and not just about a paper certificate. And I think that is also something that I hope in the next 10 years we have uh, more mechanisms and, and, and the learners 
will demand this. Well said. I think there's. It's difficult to add something to that. Um, sure. Where do I want to see global TVET education in the next ten years? I think I want TVET to to be seen as very inclusive, as um, offering the best chances, as being an the best pathway. No doubt. No doubt. You both, you both have such an important role to play um, for global practitioners that are perhaps isolated from the bond experience. You know, uh, your, your role is so important, um, as is the role of Univoc itself. So thank you so much for this opportunity to, to share your input and your knowledge and your perspective of Global TVET. Uh, Max, would you like to share with our listeners your website one more time? Uh, of course, thank you. But uh, let me first say thank you uh, for giving us this opportunity to talk about our work. Um, this is really great. Um, so, yes, um, Pleasure. Univoc Resources Services, the website, of course. So um, you can just Google Univoc and you'll you'll find our website easily. Um, <clears throat> and uh, there you have easy access to all the resources we talked about. And of course, we'd be super happy if you would create a Univoc account for yourself, which is, of course, free uh, and which will immediately give you access to the TVET forum. Um, and if you sign up to the Digest, you'll receive one email per day with the con contributions of the previous day. And that way you can follow the discussions that are currently going on without having to uh, go on the website every day. Um, yeah, please, please join and uh, participate in the fascinating exchanges um, on that forum and uh, connect with Univoc. And uh, yeah, I hope to meet many of your listeners, our listeners today online. I would also like to thank you, Leigh, for creating these platforms uh, for us to share about what we are doing, but also to learn from other adult education uh, specialists and experts and, and, and to know what's going on on the other side of the world. So thank you also for creating this podcast and thank you for inviting us. Thank you so much. Um, for anyone listening in, I would certainly encourage all to join that forum. Uh, I'm a member and it's certainly worthwhile. So thank you.